Operation Choke Point All Americans, entrepreneurs, and small businesses across our great country come from very different walks of life. They have taken great risks and share a common dream to start a company that can one day become profitable and provide for their families. While businesses face incredible hurdles before they succeed, the ones that do survive provide the foundation for our local communities. Unfortunately, the most alarming hurdle facing businesses today is a Department of Justice initiative known as Operation Choke Point. Created under the guise of a program to root out fraud and illegal activity, this initiative has been used by White House administration bureaucrats to pressure banks to end relationships with businesses they consider to be objectionable or high risk. The House Financial Services Committee, the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee and the House Judiciary have held hearings on this out-of-control program. Peter Weinstock, a partner at a Dallas law firm whose practice focuses on corporate and regulatory representation of financial institutions, testified before the House Judiciary Committee on July 17, 2014, the U.S. Department of Justice created Operation Choke Point ostensibly to combat consumer fraud. However, it has become apparent that the program instead seeks to eradicate disfavored businesses. This administration has targeted small businesses such as firearm and ammunition dealers, cigar shops, fireworks retailers, pawn stores, payday lenders, and others. This backdoor effort by this administration to target legitimate law-abiding businesses they do not like, and to coerce banks to choke off relationships with these businesses, is completely unacceptable. Throughout the country, we have seen the reports in the news of business owners that have had their bank accounts suddenly closed. In Nevada, the owner of a firearms store had his bank account frozen by his bank. A gun manufacturer in Phoenix was dropped by their bank after 12 years of good credit history. In Florida, a premium cigar and tobacconist store owner in Orlando recently informed me about receiving a letter from their bank stating it could no longer provide basic financial services, such as processing credit card transactions and banking deposits. MKG Enterprises has been affected by Operation Choke Point and have been informed by Wells Fargo, Citibank, and Bank of America and turned away by many banks that they have decided to end their banking relationships and close MSB accounts according to their banking policy. In each of these cases, the consequences are swift and immediate. Without access to basic banking services, business owners cannot make deposits or make purchases, and are unable to meet their payroll and cannot pay their lease. In essence, the federal government is purposefully creating obstacles to choke legitimate businesses from doing business. Unfortunately, these targeted business owners do not receive a note from the bank stating that due to Operation Choke Point, we regretfully must end our financial relationship with your business. They are not notified that due to overzealous DOJ employees, their bank made the difficult decision to end their business relationship to spare them the threat of a federal investigation down the road. Instead, these businesses that had their accounts closed are not provided notice prior to discontinuation of services. They simply receive a letter of termination from their banks, often without any explanation and without any level of recourse. The banks themselves are also victims of overreaching federal bureaucrats. They face a difficult choice to either maintain the banking relationship with a business, some of whom they have had a banking relationship with for many years, or risk the high cost of defending themselves against a federal investigation.
To combat this, letters were sent to the DOJ, FDIC, Federal Reserve, and the Office of the Controller of the Currency underlining congressional concern about Operation Choke Point. People must contact their district representative to ensure that congressionally appropriated funding is prevented from being used to advance this unprecedented and inappropriate program. Whether you utilize any of the targeted businesses or not, think about how future administrations could implement similar programs that choke off other forms of business. Where does it stop? Legitimate businesses rely on their banks to grow, hire more employees, pay taxes, and provide basic services and products vital to our communities. Moving forward, as a member of the House Financial Services Committee, I will continue to fight to end Operation Choke Point. A little-known program carried out by President Obama's Department of Justice, DOJ, whipsawed small business for years, and to date no one has been held accountable. Federal officials pressured banks to close the accounts of businesses solely because they were ideologically opposed to their existence. This runs counter to the very principles of due process and fairness that form the backbone of our nation's laws. This program, known as Operation Choke Point, operated unrestrained for years. Officials at both the Controller of the Currency, OCC, and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, threatened banks with regulatory pressure if they did not bend to their will. Gun and ammunition dealers, payday lenders, and other businesses operating legally suddenly found banks terminating their accounts with little explanation aside from regulatory pressure. In August 2017, the Trump administration ended Operation Choke Point. However, that is little comfort to the many businesses that still feel its impact. Banks are not convinced they can again serve these businesses without fear of threats or regulatory pressure. Ending the program doesn't return the banking relationships that were terminated, and the stigma associated with Operation Choke Point will follow these businesses for years to come. In fact, Wells Fargo, Citibank, Bank of America have all decided to end their relationship with money service business, one major lender has been turned away by 275 banks since the start of Operation Choke Point, a trend that has continued far beyond the so-called end of the program. In an August 16, 2017 letter to Congress, the U.S. Department of Justice, DOJ, announced that its controversial program dubbed Operation Choke Point has officially ended. Why ask Treasury to fix the Darius King problem when they may have caused it? Is it any wonder that the U.S. Treasury Department refuses to come to the aid of Darisca charities? It appears that they were driving this train all along. A December 2014 report by the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Government Reform indicates that DOJ and Treasury in fact had a hand in the current Darius King crisis that's shutting humanitarian aid groups out of the financial system. Operation Choke Point was originally set up by the Obama administration to choke payday lenders, but it soon became a runaway freight train. According to an October 19 article in American Banker, disturbingly, the U.S. Department of Justice and the primary regulator of more than 4,700 U.S. banks, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp., together operated what was effectively a government-mandated Darius King program through last year. The program forced banks to end relationships with clients deemed high-risk, a term that is also used to describe charities in the bank examiner's manual. 
the threat of fines appeared to apply to any high-risk client, beyond those industries named by the program as examples. Consequently, banks left and continue to exit these high-risk sectors. Indeed, money transfer networks and correspondent banking were heavily impacted by this program. You can now start connecting the dots to nonprofits. Many Dariske charities have speculated that pressure on correspondent banking systems caused the loss of their accounts. Although the program officially ended last year, the effects continue to be felt by nonprofit organizations and others who have had to scramble to find financial services to keep their operations going. The question remains as to whether the pressure from feds to drop entire classes of clients continues to this day, despite public statements that banks should take an individualized approach. In a classic case of the fox guarding the hen house, investigations continue within Treasury and DOJ. The congressional report is a better oversight of this problem, but Treasury needs to undo the damage caused to U.S. charities. In the letter, DOJ also repudiated the program, which it described as a misguided initiative. Significantly, the letter states that DOJ will not discourage the provision of financial services to lawful industries. Operation Choke Point was established during the Obama administration to choke payday lenders, gun dealers, and other business sectors by forcing banks to end relationships with clients deemed high-risk, a term also used to describe charities in the bank examiner's manual. According to the letter to Congress, under the program, a series of subpoenas were issued in 2013, accompanied by a Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation guidance document that listed a number of elevated risk merchants. On October 19, 2015, article in American Banker documented the impact on money service businesses and correspondent banks, thereby contributing to the global Dury's King crisis. We share your view that law-abiding businesses should not be targeted simply for operating in industry that a particular administration might disfavor, the August 16 letter states. Enforcement decisions should always be made based on the facts and the applicable law. According to DOJ, all investigations conducted under the program are over, the initiative is no longer in effect and it will not be restarted. The DOJ letter to Congress was written in response to an August 10 letter to DOJ, the Federal Reserve, and the controller of the currency from five U.S. House of Representatives committee or subcommittee chairs, Bob Goodlatte, RVA, House Judiciary Committee, Jeb Henserling, R underscore TX, House Financial Services Committee, Tom Marino, RPA, House Subcommittee on Regulatory Reform, Commercial and Antitrust Law. Blaine Lutkemeyer, RMO, Subcommittee on Financial Institutions and Consumer Credit. And Daryl Issa, RCA, Subcommittee on Courts, Intellectual Property and the Internet. In an August 18 press statement, the congressman praised DOJ's decision to end the program. By ending Operation Choke Point, the Trump Justice Department has restored the department's responsibility to pursue lawbreakers, not legitimate businesses they said. The DOJ letter was followed two days later by one from the Office of the Controller of the Currency, OCC, asserting that the OCC is not now, nor has it ever been part of Operation Choke Point. It adds, the agency rejects the targeting of any business operating within state and federal law as well as any intimidation of regulated financial institutions into banking or denying banking services to particular businesses. 
The letter also notes OCC's expectation that banks assess the risks posed by individual customers on a case-by-case -case basis and to implement appropriate controls to manage their relationships. Meanwhile, some are arguing that the same tactics employed in Operation Choke Point are being continued, albeit under a different name, by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB. An opinion piece in the National Review August 22 argues that if the Bureau, which is unaccountable to Congress, is now the de facto home of Operation Choke Point, even if it is not called that there, then these letters will be of small comfort to business owners and their customers. Operation Choke Point was real, and it exceeded legal limits. Overwhelming evidence, in the form of more than 900 pages of newly unsealed emails and depositions, proves government officials illegally targeted lawful businesses in an ideological crusade based on personal disdain. If there were other reasons at play, these regulators would not have needed to resort to backroom pressure tactics, including threatening the jobs of Federal Deposit Insurance Corp. officials and bank executives with criminal prosecution unless they cut off banking relationships with small-dollar lenders and other lawful businesses. The small-dollar lending industry has long known that government bureaucrats with a partisan agenda were determined to bring the industry to its knees, but this illegal campaign went farther than anyone could have imagined with those at the very highest levels of the Department of Justice, FDIC, and Office of the Controller of the Currency targeting customers of regulated banks based on their personal bias. The emails and depositions newly unsealed in a lawsuit against the government show that through Operation Choke Point, Senior federal officials most notably at the FDIC fostered a culture of open criticism and disdain for the small-dollar lending industry. At the same time, they publicly denied any knowledge or involvement of the program. In 2015, former FDIC Chairman Martin Grunberg testified to Congress that our supervised banks understand that the FDIC will not criticize, discourage, or prohibit banks that have appropriate controls in place from doing business with customers who are operating consistent with federal and state law. However, according to the new documents, we now know that former FDIC Atlanta Regional Director Thomas Dujinsky wrote in an email, I literally cannot stand payday lending and every bank under his supervision ultimately terminated their relationships with small-dollar lenders. Similarly, former FDIC Chicago Regional Director Anthony Lowe recounted in a deposition a conversation with top FDIC officials in which a directive was given to all regional directors that if a bank was found to be involved in payday lending, someone was going to be fired. Lowe subsequently used his power over banks in his region to ensure banking relationships with small-dollar lenders were terminated. Those involved in Operation Choke Point demonstrated a blatant disregard for the rule of law and due process, as well as the U.S. regulatory system, and the effect of their actions will resonate for years to come. All Americans should demand answers and corrective action, including the immediate removal of all those involved from their current positions including both Grunberg and Lowe, who still serve in FDIC leadership. Now, in new attempts to downplay the true nature of Operation Choke Point, some are claiming that small-dollar lenders' bank accounts were terminated for anti-money laundering or Bank Secrecy Act reasons. The idea that these concerns were the genuine reason for bank terminations is nonsense. The statements of prominent officials in the regulatory agencies make their aim obvious to end the ability of small-dollar lenders to have a banking relationship. 
if it were true that small dollar lenders' bank relationships were terminated because of money laundering issues, then regulators would have used that power, sufficient by itself, to terminate relationships with small dollar lenders. The attempt to use money laundering to justify the denial of banking services to legal business did not work, so Operation Choke Point was put in place. A familiar pattern ensued. Government officials abused their power to press forward with their own ideological agenda. Then, faced with a demand for accountability, they denied wrongdoing and sought to cover up their misdeeds. This is not a small-dollar lending story, this is a story of government agencies debasing their missions through the abuse of power. A dangerous precedent has been set here. If government regulators under one administration can target businesses they personally disfavor, any subsequent administration can do the same. Personal prejudices cannot be the standard for regulation, and the government should never disregard due process or regulatory procedures to choke off lawful businesses. Fortunately, the Community Financial Services Association, which I run, could afford the cost of a lawsuit and seek redress in the courts. CFSA was an original party to the lawsuit brought against the government and we participated in the preparation leading up to its filing in 2014. Our reasons for pursing a legal challenge to the actions of the FDIC and OCC were simple. First, we were seeking justice for our members who were harmed. Second, we were convinced there was a deliberate pattern of terminations of banking relationships that we wanted to bring to light. Third, if there was indeed a pattern, we'd be rendering a genuine public service by establishing the principle that no agency or group of people within an agency should be allowed to abuse their authority by exercising it in an unlawful or prejudicial manner. The last reason is essential because if it were true that bank regulators, who hold immense power over banks and their customers, could exercise personal preferences through regulation, there would be no end to the ideological games that could be played. We don't yet know how many more victims of this scheme exist, nor do we know how many are still being injured by regulators who are assuming a power they have no right to use. The ordinary citizen or lawful business shouldn't have to bear the burden of paying to redress the illegal acts of regulators. Now that the recently unsealed court documents reveal the true lengths of this secretive campaign, no amount of rationalization can excuse it. The proof is in their own words they intended to end banking relationships and then tried to cover it up. Democrats and Republicans alike must come together to hold those who arranged such a scheme responsible so such an abuse of power can never happen again.